It's now time for the Rural News with Sally Murphy and Ōtetahi Tenakwe. Sally, and how do New Zealand lamb exports impact US farmers? Kia ora Charlotte. Well, RCAF USA, the largest body representing producers of cattle and sheep in America, says the sheep industry there has been decimated over the last three decades with an explosion of lamb and mutton from Australia and New Zealand pushing down returns for local producers. It's petitioning the United States Trade Ambassador, calling on her to slow imports of lamb. Speaking from Montana this morning, the group's chief executive, Bill Billard, says lamb production in the US has declined by 60% in the last 30 years. We began to see an increase in imports, a significant increase back in the early 90s. And while the imports increased, our domestic production began to fall. And because these imports are brought into the United States at a much lower price than our domestic product, um, our domestic lamb simply can't compete with those lower cost um, imports. And so we've seen Producers exit the industry. We've seen uh, packing plants closing. We've seen this just drastic reduction in the viability, economic viability of our sheep industry in the United States. New Zealand lamb exported to the US currently faces tariff rates of between 0.7 and 2.8 cents per kilo, depending on the product. Mr Bullard would like to see that increased, as well as stricter quantity restrictions on imports, which would provide space for the domestic industry to rebuild, creating more of an even playing field. We're proposing that this be done over a 10-year period because uh, we're not trying to stop imports, because if we did, we could not meet domestic uh, demand for lamb. But what we need to do is provide space for our industry so it can capture, recapture uh, at least half of the domestic market share. And that's our original goal over a 10-year period. We have no ill will at all towards New Zealand or Australian sheep producers. We understand uh, that uh, the prices they're receiving have been depressed as well. And so we have a, a, an international problem, and that is we have a high level of concentration on a global scale. And as a result, it's the middleman that is capturing much of the uh, profits within the industry that should be flowing back to the actual producer of lamb and mutton. And we've approached the New Zealand Meat Industry Association for comment. To other news, Vegetables New Zealand says fit-for-purpose legislation would encourage more production and keep prices lower. StatsNZ's latest food price index shows fruit and vegetable prices are up 6.2% on a year ago. Chief Executive John Murphy says that's lower than previous lifts and reflects a seasonal change. Look, I think increasing the supply of vegetables to the market will inevitably lead to better prices and better health outcomes from New, Ze- from New Zealand, actually. Because what, what we're seeing is the public is asking for more availability. And uh, as growers, if we can be sure that there's a market to serve, we can get more into the ground. So how do we go about that? Is that about individual companies simply investing in growing more? That's the key thing that needs to happen. But for individual companies to do that, they need to be sure that they can get a return and keep the wheels turning. So we need policy that allows that to happen. What kind of policy changes would you need to encourage that investment? Really we just need regulators to consider some of the unintended consequences of policy. So wherever we can make sure that compliance doesn't get in the way of positivity for our growers really. That's John Murphy from Vegetables New Zealand. 
Dairy company Sinlay has followed Fonterra's suit and downgraded its forecast milk price for this season to a midpoint of $7 a kilo of milk solids. It says the $1 drop is due to declining dairy commodity prices and subdued global demand. Right, let's get the latest from the sale yards around the country. I caught up with our regular guest, Suze Bremner from AgriHQ, a little earlier today. Hi Suze, what's been happening this week? Well, again, it has been the prime markets that are a big talking point as those gaps that the processors still need to be filled. Prime lambs and heavy store lambs are being targeted by processor buyers, and in the North Island, they've been valued at about $130 to $188, while in the South Island, $120 to $185 was common this week. Not such good news for cull ewes, though, unfortunately, which continue to sell on a deflated market. But like last week, prime and boner cattle prices have been solid and steers at Frankton actually sold above schedule. And what's been happening in the store markets? Well, I was actually at the Wellsford and Rangiuru sale yards uh, this week and both were low on cattle numbers. That's not unusual for this time of year, but how low is actually a cause for some concern. Wellsford would usually have held a spring cattle fair this week, but they've actually pushed that out to the 21st. And some of that drop in volume has come from fewer feeder calves being reared over the last few years, as well as changes to land use and farm policies. So anything of quality is still selling well, but as is typical for winter trading, any off types are harder to move. And Chatham Island lambs still aren't at the sale yards. Should we be expecting them anytime soon? Well, some listeners may well be wondering when we will see those Chatham Island lambs come into the yards. And I can bet those on the island will be very happy to give them an answer on that. They should be starting to appear at Tamuka and Stortford Lodge sale yards towards the end of this month. I actually spoke to stock agent Marty Gregory Hunt a few weeks back and he said that the boat will be bringing lambs over first, alternating between Tamaru and Napier ports. There are around thirty to 40,000 sheep to come over and then the cattle will follow after that. So we do really look forward to seeing them in the yards and I I bet they can't wait to get them off the island. A company which has started importing self-driving orchard vehicles says demand has been strong as growers look to make working conditions easier on staff. Agri-Automation showcased Burrow, which retails for $36,000 at the recent horticulture conference in Christchurch. Managing Director Chris Clifford says more growers are investing in technology like the Burrow to reduce the need for manual lifting. Burrow is, is um, designed as a towing, carrying scouting, patrolling uh, autonomously as uh, a platforms in the, you know, in the fruit and veggie produce market. Tra- traditionally they might carry a tray out to the end of the row or you know, carry a, a picking bucket. Or, you know, so using burrow they can uh, transport it autonomously uh, out to a packing station. And what are you seeing? Are growers interested? Yeah, there's a huge amount of interest in these, um, in these because, uh, as we all know, labour is a, a, an ongoing challenge, um, both the cost of it um, and, and availability. So uh, any, any tools that um, enable us to do more with the same uh, number of, of people um, mm-hmm. is, is very sought after. Chris Clifford says there's been interest from kiwifruit, cherry and vegetable growers nationwide. A Bay of Plenty dairy farmer is embracing traditional Māori planting practices. Mohi Beckham has been farming near Pukehina for five years and is trying to return the farm to good health with regenerative farming practices. He also uses the Mara Mataka, the Māori lunar calendar, to guide his planting schedules. Mr Beckham says while planting along the waterways, contractors use the calendar to do 
to determine the most viable days to plant. Because they, they, they pulled data off as well, what they were doing, and they did say, like, if, I think it was like if you have 80% survival rate, you're doing really well, and that's it, the, the, conventional, the conventional guys are getting that. And these dudes were sitting around like 93% survival rate of plants. So that in itself was like, well, you know, instead of a 20% loss, you get a 7% loss. So you put that into a dollar term or a dollar figure, it's, you know, it's quite a lot. So if you put that into like a soil health or a living, something that's living, then you realise, yeah, that's a massive difference. And you can hear more from Mohi Beckham on Country Life tonight and tomorrow morning after the news at 7. And just lastly, a crop of the country's best growers were recognised at the Arable Awards in Christchurch last night. Hawke's Bay mixed cropping and dry stock farmer Hugh Ritchie took out Arable Farmer of the Year. Third generation Southland farmers Blair and Jodie Drydsdale nabbed the innovation title for their work, stemming into hemp growing, processing, manufacturing and marketing. And the Arable Food Champion Award went to Rob and Tony Ald, who make a range of whiskies, gins and other spirits from the wheat, oats and barley grown on their South Farm. And that's the rural news for this week. Kia pai tora.